Bitov. Today's daf is Kafchet. We're in the middle of the fifth paragraph. We just read a very long Mishnah. And the uh, focus of the Mishnah, the opening, is that the water, the same way they check her, they check him. And the same way she's forbidden to the husband, she's forbidden to the adulterer or suspected adulterer. And then it gets into a lot of other drashot, bobayom. But we're going to focus on the, for today, on the Sota aspect. So let's take a look at the last line of Chazayin Amudbet. And uh, God willing, we'll have a chance to look at a little bit of the Yerushalmi quoted in Tosos, depending on how far we get. So, um, Gemara. Osoliman, when it says the same way that the waters check her, Ota, they check Oto, him. Who's the him? There are two hymns here. Ilema Lebaal, they check the Baal. So, Mayavid, what did he do wrong? Um, what are they checking for? Vichitema, right, so as Gemara says, top of Kafchadamadalev, the East Bay, Avon, Badkilemaya, if he has sexual sin, the waters check him as well. If he, let's say, slept with his wife after she became a Sota, so the Gemara says, one minute. He's Beavon, but today, if he, there's he has sin, he bought Lamaya. So, forget that the waters don't check him, they don't even check her. What we know is that if he has sexual sin, right, when the man is free of sin, then the waters are effective. So, if he's not free of sin, it's not like it checks both of them, it's like it checks neither of them. So, the man will be clean of sin and the woman will bear her sin. So, when he is clean of sin, now again, it doesn't mean any sin under the sun, specifically about sexual sin, and specifically, it seems to be sin about sleeping with his wife after she became a sota. When he is clean from that sin, then the waters are effective. As he showed, if he's not free from that sin, um, then uh, they're not effective. So it can't be that they check him. If he's not free of sin, then neither of them are checked. Ella must be the Boel. So, uh, one minute. So it means that the same way the waters check her, if she committed a sin, they will have the impact on the man that she slept with. So the Gemara says, if that's true, at least need Kirikani Seifa. Why not teach like it teaches at the end? So then name him as Boel. If it starts by saying the same way they check her, they check him, the presumably the him is the husband. Because later when they want to talk about the adulterer, they call him the Boel. So make up your mind. If it is the adulterer, call him call him the Boel. Don't say Oto, a generic him. So the Gemara says, no. Lolom Lebo, we are talking about the man she had sex with, assuming she had sex. Vereisha, I did Tana Osa, Tani Oso, because, no, because, you know, there's, there's like a, there's like a, just a, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, an alliteration. You can't say, it's a surah, you could say, Keshem Shemai Botkin Lanivelet, Kach Botkin Laboa, but it doesn't work so well. Anyway, it's always been her, she's always been the focus, right? So the word you're going to use to describe her is Osa. So the parallel word to Osa is Oso. So when we say they check her, we're going to say they check him. And in the end, but in the Asefa, Ajitani Baal, but in the end when we say that he's forbidden to the husband, and we're going to use the word Baal, so what's a parallel word used to Baal that refers to not the husband, but the man she's, uh, she's had sex with? So therefore, in that case, 
Tana Boel. Okay, so it says Boel. So it's actually, obviously, there's clearly a parallel. Osa and Oso, Baal and Boel. Clearly, there's that parallel. But it is true that in both cases, it refers to the man she's had sex with or suspected of having sex with. Okay? So the waters will check her, and at the same time, they will also check him. Um, okay, I can't resist. Let's look at this little tosis here. Okay? Because <laughs> it's going to be a short daf. Um, if you think, if you peek at the, if you peek, it's a very short daf on the Yomadet. So let's take a look at tosis. This is the Tosos on Chavzayim Obet. Because that's really all the Argomar has to say of Oso and Osa. After that, it just gets into Drushas. So let's take a look. Yerushalmi, says Tosos. Ha-me'arim, the cursed waters, or that bring about curse. Amrav Tanchuma, Minyan Hamarim, Neged Ramach Evarim Sheeshbov, Neged Ramach Evarim Sheeshbov. Sheeshbov, Sheeshbov. So take a look at, it's very interesting, the Gematria, right? Me'arim has two races and two mems. So that's 240, right? And then the remainder is 16. So that's 248 times 2. You, see, you can just see that no, on inspection, right? So 248 200, times 2. There's a reish mem, and then another 16 to be divided. 248 times 2. There's an understanding that 248 bones in the body. So they have a They destroy. They t- what? An etzem. An etzem, whatever. I don't know what it means. 248 limbs. That normally is understood to mean bones anyway. What? Yeah, it's true. It's a little different between male and female. Yeah. Which is why we say, Ramach and Fine, go ahead. It's a beautiful Russia. <laughs> look at that. Look how good. Look how beautiful that worked. Ma'ari was 248 times two. That was perfect. Anyway, so you see that they, so they, so they, so they you see that they curse two bodies. Her, his body and her body. Okay. Okay, so. This is interesting. So not only is she impacting, now this is interesting because it also suggests that the waters don't have like just, you know, they don't, she doesn't die as a result. It doesn't have one effect and then it's un, uh, over. The waters have an impact on her for every single time she's had sex, not just sex with this man she's suspected of, but if she had sex with this man she's suspected of and then she went ahead or whether, I guess, she, uh, you know, and she slept with her husband afterward, which is also forbidden now that she's a Sota. So let's say now she's had five forbidden acts of sex as a result of this. One with the act of adultery and then four more for sleeping with her husband four more times. So if she's going to be she's going to be punished five times so then well I don't know then the the guy she slept with is going to be punished five times although he only did one act of sex but because it's all he's you know it's all, he's part of the reason all of this is happening he gets even punished for her forbidden sex that occurs after they slept together but what's interesting besides that it's like you know that he's now taking her punishment as it were because he's you know he's part of the reason all of this uh, you know even the sin afterwards is happening nevertheless what is fascinating is that it's not like it's all we tend to think it's like all one thing right her, her belly blows up doesn't matter if she did ten times or, or one time or you know what does it mean to have multiple times doesn't mean her belly blows up and then goes back down and then blows yeah. up again blows up. I don't know either but it's interesting right so again against the common sort of belief that I think a lot of us are brought up with which is that she dies as a result here we see not only does she not die as a result but in some ways it could be a type of a thing that is she's punished with over multiple periods of time or that it's more like there's a you know that it could be more bad if you multiply it by five or something. Okay? Um, okay. Uh, yeah? 
Yeah, sure it does. Of course yeah, yeah. The nausea, the nausea, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's a good question if it's a more energy Israel thing, which I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but it's a good question. Okay. Um, now, um, this is interesting. If, if, if her husband dies, the brother doesn't do Yibam because, you know, the marriage has been compromised, right? And because, because, the, because the living husband can't have sex with her, right? So, let, let, so the, here's an interesting halacha. So she gets divorced. She want, and um, she now is not free to marry her, the, man, the, the, the guy she slept with's brother. It's like, what? That's very, very strange, right? You understand? It's like, it's one thing to say the husband's brother, because there, it was fundamentally a problem to begin with. It was only that there was a mitzvah of yibum, and now you're saying that the mitzvah of yibum is no longer doable because the marriage to the husband had been compromised. Right? It's very different to say the brother of the guy that she committed adultery with is now forbidden to her. Like, you know, what's the logic of that? So it's very interesting. This pa- exactly. What? No, 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 no. I mean, it, presumably everything we're saying here is true. The Chiddush of Sota is that even though she's only suspected, but if she definitely committed adultery, presumably you would be saying the same thing, that she can't not only not marry the guy she committed adultery with, but she can't marry his brother. But does it work like, on the foot area? Meaning, like, you know, like if, if a negative aspersion was cast to her, she, you know, something good happens to her. Right? Because of anything yeah. So, does something good happen to her? Oh, to the, the head. Like, no, <laughs> right. I understand. Right? It's a good I mean, point. It's a good point. I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I don't know if anything says any source that says that. Could it be so that there was no possibility that she would end up marrying him? Ooh, that's an interesting idea. Oh, that's a nice idea. So she can't marry the guy's brother because in case then that guy dies, then it'll turn into a Yibun situation with the guy she's usher to. Oh, that's a nice idea. Okay. Although, by the way, that's not usher in general, right? A woman could marry the brother of a man that she's forbidden to, right? And then it's just a case of like, about, you know, about, an, about, uh, about you know, Yibun with a that, that if the yibum works out that there it's forbidden with the living brother, then you don't do yibum. But it is interesting, you know. Maybe that at least explains it a little and bit. And the ball has a hood and also be told. Uh, well, let's keep on reading. Okay, so it says. Um, okay. So it says like this. She, she is the one whose status changes, right? We know this, right? When she commits adultery, she becomes forbidden. A man who commits adultery with a, with a married woman doesn't affect his status at all. So therefore, it all sort of works through her. So let's say this guy that she is is com- suspected of, let's say, committing adultery with, she actually didn't commit adultery with, but he committed adultery with some other woman, okay? <laughs> so, he won't be affected when she drinks the water, right? The water is only going to affect her and the, and the actual men who slept with her, okay? Not, uh, you know, other men, it all comes, like, through her. Who needs that? Babko so Now, here's an interesting other halacha. Let's say she drank the water and then he blew up and she didn't. Okay? So how what ha- so how would that happen? So what's the explanation? So Aniomer has chus tole Oh, she must have had merit. 
So now we know that he actually has committed adultery, or else this guy wouldn't have been like you know ha- you know blown up. Okay, but it didn't affect her, but it affected him. He didn't have marriage, which might then mean that she can't, as a result of which she can't go ahead and continue living with her husband. Right? How much do we look at his blowing up as an evidence of what she did? Okay. Now, now the Gemara Kosto goes on to say, Ani um, Omer uh, Where were we? Hazchus Tole Law. The Ein Who needs that quote? Shev Lo Baasa. Ani Omer Hazchus Tole. That's if we say that the merit prevents it from having showing any effect on her. Then we could use that to explain what we just observed. But if the zechus will still be even with the zechus, the impact will be clear on her. She will start to deteriorate. So we still don't have an explanation now, right? How is it that she came out completely unaffected and the other guy blew up? And it can't be zechus because then she would begin to deteriorate. So the Gemara says, Hukara. It isn't evident on her. Ella, so what's the explanation of what we've observed? Ella and Yomer, Okay, who knows why he blew up? Maybe he drank some uh, poison that had some snake's poison. <laughs> so the Gemara said, Vitzavsa, and he blew up. So the Gemara says, one minute. No, no, no. If you drink poison water, it's not going to have the same effects as the soda water. Apparently what happened to him is exactly what's supposed to happen to her. Right? Like his uh, thighs collapsed and his belly blew up. That doesn't happen by drinking snake water. So you can't get out of it that way. So again, how do we explain the phenomenon? She drinks the water. He blows up. Nothing happens to her. What's the explanation? So the Gemara says, Here's the explanation. Um, it means maybe the point is she's innocent. Yeah, the Nistar. Maybe the point is she's innocent, but he, the guy she suspected of committing adultery, committed adultery with some other woman. Okay, but we just said that that doesn't happen. That it only happens really? through her. So Mars says to locate Savrina and Maymar. But one minute we didn't we didn't say that. We said who He's only checked if it's if if he committed adultery with her. So tiff there, so you can explain it. Shahaya, who may see he show geges? Ah, ubadku osov lo badku osa. Here we go. Here's what happened. What happened was was he was he was a um, volitional or you know he was intentional. Um, he knew that he was sleeping with a married woman with a mar- with a married woman, and she was a showgate. Now what? How how exactly are you a showgate for adultery? Uh, you could say I never knew it was usher. Okay, um, or um, it could be a case would be that like. Oh, I thought it was my husband. Guy walked into my room at the night. I thought it was my husband, and so on, um, which is bizarre. But nevertheless, the Gemara has the that case. Who the husband did Kino and Stira? I know. Well, that would be funny, right? The husband did Kino and Stira, and that's at some stage she, she went to private with him. Now she didn't have to have sex at that moment of the Stira. She could have had sex at another time, you know. But it's hard to imagine exactly what the case is. It is interesting. We're going to get to that in our Gemara as well. The Gemara's use of the word shogeg. Remember, I told you about a classic chuva about it's. So such a, you can't forget the case about a woman whose uh, husband was away and a guy comes and says that he's a Leonovi, you have sex with me, we'll have a Mashiach, and she believed him and the post said, well you can't say oh it's different, she's Shogig or whatever because she still knew that she was cheating on her husband. So that Shogig, it's not enough to think that it's permissible or, what, or, or even to think that you have to do it or it's a mitzvah, she, whatever it was, she believed the guy, you actually have to uh, think that the guy's your husband but to say that that's the word case of Shogig is not necessarily clear. Anyway, that's how we can explain the phenomenon that the man was punished and not the woman. What? 
No, <laughs> well, if it is, maybe you have to make that sacrifice in order to bring about Mashiach. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, the Gemara says, okay. Um, now, what about if it was the verse? Um, okay. Now, what happens if the water had the impact on her, but not on him? How do we explain that for them? Now, of course, the easiest explanation is that she says, Amen, Amen. So, right? So, with some other man that we don't know about, that would be the easy explanation. But let's see what the Gemara says. So, it started by saying, no, maybe, maybe merit can prevent it from impacting him the same way it prevents it from impacting her. So, the Gemara says, Hanicha command that's good if we say merit prevents it from being evident altogether but even if there's merit if, we, if, if the person begins to deteriorate that didn't happen to him he didn't start to deteriorate but again what's interesting is that now we're saying the idea is that merit can work for him as well so the says okay so maybe it wasn't the water the, the, the soda water maybe she accidentally drank some other water that's had making this impact on her some poison Water. So the same point. But says one minute. Hachi no havi by miv dekuna miv dekanu miv miv dekuna elakadein. It shouldn't have had that type of an impact on her. It shouldn't have made her blow up just like the soda water. We're not going to get out of it that way. El ani omer imacher mistera. That's the easiest answer. Fine. So she had sex with somebody else, not with this guy, and that's why the guy we suspected didn't blow up, but she did blow up. Okay. So then the Gemara says, is how much are we going to use that? Again, it's so fascinating, right? How much are we going to use that as actual evidence? Like, if he blows up and she doesn't, is that going to be actual evidence that she committed adultery in terms of her continuing to living with her husband? So here, if she blows up and he doesn't, so let's use that as evidence that he was not the adulterer, and therefore, if she gets divorced... How's, how's it important that he's, even if she committed adultery, how's it important to know that he's not the adulterer? Now she can marry him. So will we say that from, on, on, by, by virtue of the fact that he didn't blow up? Mayata so if, he, if she gets divorced, maybe she'll not be able to marry this guy because he didn't blow up. So clearly he wasn't the adulterer. So the Gemara says, No, we can say that it's not that he, it's the exact thing we said earlier. It's not that he really didn't do it at all. It's that, that he did do it, but he was a shogeg. What, he was a shogeg? I guess he thought it was his wife or something, if you want to use that same definition. And she wasn't. So therefore it didn't have the impact on him. But interestingly, but because he was still the adulterer, and I guess because she was still mazed and she actually did sleep with this guy willingly she still remains forbidden you know with this guy okay so the only way that, that those two can get together is if nothing happens to either of them right what is that what we're saying that the only way that those two can ever get together is if nothing happens to either of them uh right no if something happens no if something happens to her and not to him um, then it could have been uh, s- some other man oh well that's what we're saying that you wouldn't know you would have to yes. you'd have to suspect that it might be a case of so being amazed right that's true right 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 okay so the Gemara says okay who may see these Ogegas Peter she muters beta now here's the question now that we're dealing with this that one of them could somehow have been innocent so what would be the other consequences okay so if she was intentional and she was a shogeg so here it is exactly the opposite of 
what I told you about Betshuva, it says she can now uh, continue to live with her husband. This man willingly committed adultery with this woman, but this woman somehow was shogeg, whether that means she didn't realize it was her husband or some other thing that defines it as shogeg, right? That's the question. What would constitute shogeg? But she would now be allowed to continue to live with her husband. She would tear it with beta. I'm sorry, what did you say, Jen? Jenna? No, never mind. Okay. She mutar ba. So, now, how about, though, if, if your husband did divorce her after, and she was unwitting, but, the, but this man committed adultery with her was, was, was amazing, it was intentional. So can she now marry that guy, the guy that she accidentally had adultery with? So the point, so it says, no. No, I mean, even if she's innocent, this guy was willing, so how can you say that she can now marry him? Now, it's not so partial, because again, remember, we never really, it's really about her status. It's never about the man's status. It's the woman's status that gets affected. So you could have understood a Havamina that if she's, if she's unwitting and shogeges, maybe her, she has no status. No status vis-a-vis the husband and no status, negative status vis-a-vis even this other man because she did nothing wrong. I mean, or she was unwitting. So maybe there's no, no status at all. So no, that's not possible. Not possible that this guy willingly committed adultery with her and she should now be permitted to go with him. Which is, but I mean, the Havamina was not such a crazy Havamina. Okay. Who now, how about if he is witting and he's unwitting? So what Peter, she has to obey. Obviously, she's forbidden to live with her husband now. She willingly committed adultery against her husband. Now, let's say she gets divorced, though. Okay? Maybe, maybe since the man that committed adultery was unwitting, she should be allowed to be with him. Okay? He said, no. Could it be that she's divorced from her husband as a result of her adultery and now she can go ahead and be with that man that she committed adultery with? Okay. Um, so basically, what it says is, is that whether either one of them is witting, or if she's if she's unwitting, she can be with her husband. But either way, the she can't get together with the man that she committed adultery with. As long as one of them was intentional, it means that you can they can no longer like be together. Again, though, I don't think the Havamina was so crazy when she was unintentional because it all emerges from her status. Yes, Jenna. There you go. They're both somehow unwitting. Each person thought that they were sleeping with their spouse, and it turns out. Oh yeah, that's that's why they didn't sleep with one another. The, the brother and the sister, right? <laughs> okay. Um, Okay. Um, now, the Gemara says like this. How do you know it's all about her status, right? That's the, well, she's the one that's being brought sorry, to the... Are you on the page? We're, we've been reading Tosfos. You have been reading Tosfos. Nobody told you? I'm sorry. No, no, I figured out that you were reading Tosfos. Oh, we're like eight, six, four lines at the bottom. Uh, uh, and I didn't even Gemara, so... Oh, because I'm talking about the... I'm talking about the Yerushalmi now. I, was, I, I apologize. They're just quoting the straight Yerushalmi. No comment. I know, but but probably the reason that's the same reason I chose to read it is because it's such an interesting issue about checking in, and the Bible has no discussion about it, right? It's, so therefore, let's, let's quote the Yerushalmi. But it is funny that he quotes a lot of Yerushalmi and doesn't discuss yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so let's just finish five lines from the bottom. How do you know that it's all about her status, right? Which again, what do you mean? I mean, it's Vinit Me'ah, Vinit Me'ah, and she's the one that's checked it, checked and so on. But once we say it, also impacts him. How do you know? Still, it's all through her. So, Shimon Rebbe Abba, Shimon Rebbe Yochanan, Amar, Vel Eishet Amit Techal, Lo Titein Shechaf Techal 
the zara. There's again the zara, right? To your friends, wife, your, your neighbor's wife, do not uh, have this uh, sleeping of seed. The tam abba. So you've come tame through her. Okay, bahadavar talui. It's all through her. And therefore, if she is a shogeg, she's muteris, at least I guess muteris to her husband, okay? So again, very fascinating Yuzhami that plays out this question about her status and his status. Her status comes through hers, or her, the impact of the water comes through her. But um, playing out, uh, you know, the question about if one of them is amazing and one is shogeg, what the different types of impact will be, or just how do we explain a phenomenon where the water affected one of them and not the other one? Okay, so that was a very nice little Yuzhami. Now we get back to the Bavli. Okay, so back to Kafkar Amad Alav here, the two dots. Shenemar Ubo Ubo. Okay, so this is how we know that the water affects him, because it says, Uvo Vo Hamayim Amarim Lamarim, Uvo Hamayim, it says multiple times the water will enter into her. So once in terms of her and once in terms of him. Okay, so about eight, eight lines from the top, ten lines from the top from Kafkar Amad Alav. Ibailu, they raised the question. Bo Ubo Kamar, O Uvo Uvo Kamar. Which means, is the drasha from the extra Vov? Bo, it could have said Bo Hamayim Marim. So it says Uvo, the extra Vav tells us even him, even the, uh, even the suspected adulterer. Or is it the repetition of the entire word Uvo that we, that teaches us that it hap- affects her and affects him? Yes, so Tashma, who knows? Tashma, uh, coming here, Kashem Shenemar, from the second part of the Mishnah, where we also learn out the issue about the Boel, it says Nitma'av Nitma'ah. It says Nitma'av Nitma'ah. Now we're assuming that because first it says it without the Vav and then with the Vav that the drush is from the extra Vav. So you see that the drush is from the extra Vav not from the repetition of the word. So the Gemara says No, even there I'd like, I, I have the same question in that part of the Mishnah. What's the drasha? Nitma, nitma, kamar is it the repetition of the word? Oh, nitma, vinitma, kamar or is it from the extra Vav? So, Tashma, come in here. Midiktani Seifa, from the end of the end, we say, Rebbe Omer, Shnei Pa'amim. Rebbe says back to Rebbe Akiva's drasha of Nitma Vinitma. Rebbe says, no, no, no. I don't learn it out from that. I learn it out from the repetition of the word. Hamorim B'parsha, Vinitma Vinitma. Echad Abav, Echad Aboel. That she's forbidden both to the husband and to the adulterer. So, anyway, he explicitly says, Shnei Pa'amim. So, from Rebbe, it's clear that the drasha is the repetition of the word. Okay, Nichlal, from there we see, Rebbe Akiva, Vavi Kadarish. Rabbi Akiva learns out from the extra Vav, right? Wasn't that Nochem Ish Gamzu as Rabbi Akiva's Rabbi, right? And he learned out from, from the extra Esim and Gamim or whatever, from the extra Esim. Anyway, we all know that Rabbi Akiva learns out from every tiny little letter. Okay, so for Rabbi Akiva, Nitma Vinitma is the extra Vav. And therefore, Bo Uvo for Rabbi Akiva would be an extra Vav. So now what we're saying is we have these two opinions in the Mishnah. We've got Rabbi, who learns it out from the repeated word, and Rabbi Akiva, who learns it out even from an extra Vav. So it's not clear whether the is now saying that the beginning of the Mishnah is clearly Rebbe Akiva and it's the extra Vav or now we're going to say so there's now two ways you could learn out Bo-Bo if you're in a Rebbe camp you learn it out from the, just the repeated word and if you're in a Rebbe Akiva camp you would learn it out from the extra Vav okay and now we're going to exp- spell out all the implications, because here's the thing. It says the word Bo in the, in the Torah's uh, text of the, uh, you know, the Parsha three times. So what we have to explain now is, if you're in Rebbe's camp, you don't pay attention to the Vav. Okay? But you have to explain, why does it say it three times? We only learned Echad Lebal, Echad Leboel. Why does it say it three times? Okay? And if you're in Rebbe Akiva's camp, every time it says Bo, it also has a Vav in front of it. So essentially, you have six things you have to explain. Right? The three Bo's and the three extra Vav's. And now we're going to explain all of that. Okay, so let's take a look. 
Okay. Hilkach, Rebbe Akiva, according to Rebbe Akiva, Shisa Krai Ksive. There are six words, essentially, that have to be explained. The three Uvos, and then the three extra Vos. Okay? Well, how, what do they tell you? Shisa Krai Ksive. Where am I? Uh, I lost my place. Um, okay. Chad one to command him and one to command her. I'll just read it and then I'll explain it. One for the doing of her by her and the other for the doing by him. And one for the informing of her and the other for the informing of him. So what are these three things? The tzava, the asiya, and the yadiya. So the tzava, Rashi says, is when the pasuk is essentially sort of the, telling the water what to do. Right? It says, and the water shall enter, you know, you know, vitzavsavitna. So it's sort of as, as if God is saying, the water shall enter and shall have this effect, like declaring that, you know, or you know, uh, or actually like creating the reality that the water will have that effect. That's called the tzava. Okay. The asiya uh, is when it actually describes what happens. The water enters into her, and her stomach b- b- blows up. It's not. It's not sort of dictating that. Well, I knew what I was going to say. It's dictating that that should be the effect of the water. It's just describing that that's what will. That's what. That, that's what happens. That's the asiya. And the idea is that the Cohen makes it clear to her that you should know that this is what is going to happen. And part of the reason it's important to make it clear to her is because you might remember we had a discussion earlier that sometimes the, t- the psukim can say that the water will call her size to fall and her belly to collapse because that's parallel to sort of the act of sex, you know, which comes sort of via the size. Um, <clears throat> but then, when it actually has the effect, it has the belly collapse first because that's the way in which the water enters. So he has to inform her and say... But even though until now we've been talking about the thighs collapsing first, you should know that when it actually has the effect, first it's going to be the belly that collapsed because that's the order in which it comes in. So anyway, it's a lot of things, but each one is somewhat doing something subtly different in the Parsha, and the Vavs are coming to say the same way this is all true about her, it's all true about him as well. Yes. Katie Kabbalah, she was one. In other words, tell the water, and by that, thereby informing her. I don't know. Anyway, so, okay. Um, okay. The Rebbe, now Rebbe will say, close across the no, you, we don't touch in the vavs. So we only have three psukim. Chad litzava, the chad lasiya, the chad liyadiya. One dictating that's what the water is going to do. One describing that that's what happens. And the third informing her what's going to happen. So therefore, the Rebbe, if that's true, you need each one in context. The Rebbe, Keshem Shemayim Botkino, Sakach Botkino, Somino, Lay, how does he know that the water impacts her? So now it seems like we're saying is, we're saying our mission's Rebbe Akiva, Bo Uvo, the extra Vav is telling you that everything that happens to her happens to him, that's the extra Vav. But now according to Rebbe, where do you learn out that what happens to her happens to him? Since every case of Bo is coming just to tell you a slightly different context of the Psukim, of the, what's going on with the water, where do you learn out that this impacts him as well? So the Gemara says, Minale, Navgale Midiktani, Latzbot Betin Vilanpil Yarech, to cause a swelling of, 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 of stomach and a falling of thigh. Bitno, Bitno, Shaboel, notice it doesn't say Bitno and Yerecha, her belly and her thighs. It says belly and thighs, generically. So it must be somebody else's belly and thighs. Even his belly and thighs will collapse. 
Atomer beat Novi Yerechosha Boel. Now you say it means his. Oh, Enel beat Navi Yerechosha Niveles. Maybe it means hers. Tashu Omer, if it's Tafsab beat not, then Afla Yerecha. It says her belly and her size. Hare beat Navi Yerechosha Niveles Amor. First of all, it's already covered, number one. So this is redundant. And besides being redundant, it doesn't have the female possessive. Umani Mikhaim Latspot Petan Vilampil Yerech. So why is it repeated and repeated without the possessive her? So beat no Yerechosha Boel to tell me his. The Edoch. Now, what would Rabbi Akiva say? Rabbi Akiva already learns out from the Vav that it affects him. So, what does he do with the Beten and Yerech? Why is it repeated? So, he would say, Hahu, the Modia la Kohen, the Beten Beresha, Vahada Yerech, Shalolo Tilaza Mayim Hamarim. So, this is exactly what we meant before when we said Lahoda for informing, that he, Yadia, that he informs her the water will take effect in this order. First, it will be the, the belly and then the thighs, even though that's the reverse order of the act of sex. You know, but nevertheless, this is the order in which the water goes in. So she shouldn't think that somehow, ah, it didn't do exactly what you said it would do. The Edoch. So what would Rebbe say back? Don't you need it to, to tell me that issue about the order? So he would say back. If that's all it was, would have said, it would have had the, her, it said her belly, her size. So clearly, there's a, it's bizarre that it's not describing it without the possessive. So, my uh, why describe it without the possessive? To tell me that it even is his. So maybe that's all it's doing is tell me it affects him and not to tell me the order that the water, that he informs her about the order no if that's ca- true in Cain Lichtov beaten over Yerecho if it just wanted to make that point it would have said his belly and his thighs my bedroom Yerech why does it do it in this generic way Shemami Natarzi to tell me two things number one is to that in, in the normal context to explain to her that this is what's going to happen but number two by not having the female possessive it's indicating that it will also affect the man as well okay so either from the extra vav or the Betan in Yerech we learn out that all these things affect the the adulterer as well. Now, Amrav Yoshua, Kachayadar Zuchariah. This is how Zuchariah would explain because of the extra vav, nitma vinitma. Now we're going back to uh, not the waters, but asura lebal, asura lebal, the extra vav. And then Rebbe said it's not the extra vav, but it's the it's the issue about uh, the double the doubling of the word. So the Mishnah is like this: Tanurabana. Now we've only mentioned in our Mishnah two things: the husband and the adulterer, the effect of her having committed adultery or suspected of committing adultery. The bright is going to add a third impact about what the Tumaha, her Tumah means. Tanu Rabbanan, Shlosha Pami Mamun Beparsha, It says three times, you know, you know, it, you know if she was Tamei, she became Tamei, and she was Tmeah. So three times it describes her as Tmeah. Lama, to tell you that there are three impacts of this status. Echad Lebal, the Echad Leboel, she's forbidden to her husband. She's forbidden to the guy she's commi- suspected of committing adultery with. Um, all the more so if, he, if it was known that she committed adultery with him. The Echad Truma, and she can't eat Truma if she is the wife of a Kohen, and she now, um, she now uh, has committed adultery or suspected of committing adultery. That obviously compromises the nature of the marriage, and she can no longer eat Truma by virtue of her relationship to her husband, because that marriage has been compromised. Give Rebbe Akiva. That's what Rebbe Akiva says. I'm a Rebbe um, so Rabbi Shmuel said back to him, Kavachomer. It's a Kavachomer. There are women that are forbidden to, their, to get married to a Kohen, like a divorcee. And nevertheless, she can eat Truma. Now, how can she eat Truma if she's a divorcee? Because she's not eating Truma because she's married to a Kohen. She's eating Truma because she is 
daughter. daughter of a Kohen. So even though she's been divorced, she can still eat, eat truma. So there are women who can't marry a Kohen who can still eat truma. Asura Lakuna, so she can eat truma, but she can't marry a Kohen. Zusha, Asura Batruma, this woman that you, Rabbi Akiva, just pointed out from the Vinit Me'ah, that she cannot eat truma. If she cannot eat truma, if that's true, in Odisha Asura Lakuna, how much more so should we also learn out another halacha? What's the other halacha? That she can't marry a Kohen. So now, Rabbi Shemel is saying a fourth halacha that we learn out. A woman is suspected of committing adultery or has committed adultery. Her husband divorces her, so she's got a status of a Sota, right? Um, in that case, a Kohen is not allowed to marry her. You got it? A woman has committed adultery, given that we have these, these categories of halala, zona, etc. It's not unsurprising that a woman who is known to have committed adultery or even has a Sota status, and therefore we presume it without, even without knowing it, is also forbidden to marry a Kohen. Even if, well, I guess if her husband divorces her, she's a divorcee. The husband dies, okay? And she would nevertheless be now forbidden to marry a Kohen. So he learns that out from the principle that she can't eat truma. Okay, since we know there are women who can't, who can eat truma, who can't, who, who can't marry Kohen and can eat truma, a woman who can't even eat truma, how much more so, right, is she going to be forbidden to a Kohen? Now, the interesting question would be, are we saying the same type of a halacha that she can't eat truma? Let's say, for example, um, she became a sota and then her husband died and let's say she was a bas Kohen. People with me here, when we say she can't eat truma, is it only she can't eat truma because of her relationship to her husband, the Kohen, that's been compromised? Or are we saying objectively about her personal status? Let's say her husband died and she was a Bas Kohen. Is she also invalidated from Yikama? It would seem so. It would seem that that's the basis of Rabbi Yishmael's Russia, right? That there are women who are a Bas Kohen who can not marry a Kohen but can eat truma. And if this woman's status, presumably as a Bas Kohen, has been so compromised, right, that, you know, that even as a Bas Kohen she can't eat truma how much more so could she not now marry a Kohen okay so that seems to be the point um, okay uh, where are we um, okay one minute hold on let me just take a look at one second from Rashi okay yeah and that's what Rashi says Vechad truma Shafilu hi Bas Kohen Ubala Kohen Bala Kohen is not so relevant for it okay so you got it a woman committed adultery not only does it mean it's compromised her marriage so she can't eat by virtue of her marriage to her husband but now even as a Bas Kohen she's been defiled so even if her husband dies she's Usher Betruma and then Rebbe Shmuel says so it's a Kavachomer because there are women who are Usher who you know who can eat truma as a Bas Kohen can eat truma and can't marry a Kohen so this woman who as a Bas Kohen can't eat truma her status has been so defiled how much more so could she, would she no longer be able to marry a Kohen so he's not really arguing on Rebbe Akiva he's adding a fourth point about her status um Okay. Now we move on. Besides these four implications of her being tmeah, why does when the Torah describes it, the Torah sort of recognizes that it's not a hundred percent that she committed adultery. It says, and she became and she was nitmeah. Or she or he was jealous and she wasn't nitmeah. So the Torah constantly recognizes, right, while it repeats the idea that she's tmeah, she's tmeah, she's tmeah, it recognizes that not necessarily. So how do you explain that? Okay? 
If she definitely was Tmei'ah, why is she going through this process? If she wasn't, why does he have a right to take her through this process? So, so obviously the Pasuk is telling you, Asura. The whole point is, the Pasuk is telling you, we don't know what happened. Maybe she was Nitma'ah, maybe she wasn't. But the repeated use of the word Nitma'ah, I think Lo Nitma only says once, Nitma says three times. The repeated use of the word Nitma'ah means that he is presumed guilty until, until found innocent, essentially. After this whole process, she has a status of Nitma'ah by, by, by virtue of the Safek. Right? So you understand, the basic halacha starts with the idea, we learn from Sota, that a woman who definitely commits adultery has these halachas. Forbidden to her husband, forbidden to the, to the, to the Boel, and then these halachas about Kohen and Trum, etc. Okay? Then what we say is, by a Sota, if she went through this process and now form, not just stop the guy suspects her of committing adultery, but has formally labeled a Sota, and therefore formally gets the status of a woman suspected who now needs the water to clear her and to prove her innocence, then all of that status applies to her as well by virtue of the possibility that maybe that's what happened, okay? So because of the suffix, she has a vada status as being asura. Now this is actually interesting because it's important again, we've been saying this all along, but important to just pause and recognize this, right? It, it, she is definitely asur, the chiddush of the Torah is, she is definitely asur by virtue of the suffix. And Tosos points it out, which would mean that even if let's say she slept with her husband, right? and then the water cleared her she nevertheless would have committed a sin by sleeping with her husband after she had become a sota. Okay, so it's not just like, well, we don't know, we've got to play it safe. That's what you do in a normal case of a suffix. And then if it turns out that she was innocent retroactively, nothing was wrong with that. And she knows that she's innocent. But she could 100% know she's innocent and still forbidden her to sleep with her husband now as a sota because right now her status is definitely usher by virtue of the, 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 the doubt that exists. So take a look at Tosos. He says... Is there any other situation where because she's done something that time she's forfeited the right to do it? That's not an outrageous thing. Not for I mean what do you mean? If under all the other circumstances entitled to eat. Well, let's say she sleeps with a... Sure, let's say she sleeps with somebody else that she's forbidden. Let's say she sleeps with a non-Jew. Let's say she sleeps with a halal. Let's say she... Uh, and she uh, that, yeah, I mean, we're going to... I mean, the, yeah, right. I mean, some, some of that is debated, but that's basically the halacha. You know, ki tiel that when she becomes to another man, right, so yeah, might not just mean she marries another man. According to some, it starts in when she has sex with another man that she's not allowed to be married to in my invalid validate her status from Truma, right? You know, she, this whole thing, if you think about a woman who can easily be seen as tainted and defiled, right? You know, she has to be, so all of these things can affect her status. Right? A woman becomes a halalana zona, a man never... Um, no, but, but the same way, the same way if a woman did that, she couldn't marry into a Kohen, a Kohen family, right? Because she'd be a halal or a zona, etc. So think about it. A Kohen's not allowed to marry a halal and zona. So do you think if a man, if a Kohen's daughter is a halal or a zona, that she should be entitled to the truth? I mean, it's a sense of like this purity of the family and so on. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's, I always thought of it as, as being sort of, is that like be, having this tie or whatever to this family? It is, but, but the point is, the man, no matter what the man does, he's always a member of the family, right? But yeah, the but woman, now we're sort of beginning to say, well, morally, right? But that's because the woman's status is always one that can be impacted, you know, much more than a man's, right? She's much more seen as, you know, a, what, what can I say? As an as the object, as the person who things are done upon and whose status changes, as opposed to the it, actors. It seems like even if there's a stuff, like there's a question about her morality. Well, that's. Different. 
different. That's the Sota status. No, 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 no. If there's Sama question, it would not affect her status. So if she's officially has become a Sota through a very formal process, that's different. So if you look at Tosvos, Madam Lama Hini now, if you say she does be usher anyway, you're not supposed to do things that might be usher. Now, it's actually an interesting question because according to the Rambam, the idea that a suffix or rice is luchumra that if something might be usher, you're not allowed to do it. That's only a rabbinic rule that actually the Torah would be okay with you doing something if it was a suffix. But anyway, but let's assume that the Torah is not okay with you doing something that's a suffix. So it says, why do you have to have a special status if, if she's suffake committed adultery so the obvious answer by the way would be for her she knows if she's committed adultery or not anyway let's see what Tosu says Yeshomar now, first of all, what's the nature of this Isser Vinitma'ah? We never discussed that, right? Okay, Nitma'ah, that doesn't say don't sleep, sleep with a man. It just describes her as Tme'ah. So Tosav actually says it really would be seen as an Isser say. You are Tme'ah. And therefore, if you sleep with your husband after you become a Sota, you are violating your status of Tme'ah. So that is basically an Isra so That's also interesting that it's defined as an Isra to sleep with the husband. Is and order that's her, have, is there any punishment that she slept with her husband before she drank the water? Um, no, if she was innocent but slept with her husband, the water wouldn't affect her. The water, yeah, yeah, I think. What? Yeah, but people might not know. But you might not know. I mean, let's say she didn't tell anybody. So the water went to factor. Okay, so it says, So that's the point. Even if she was completely innocent of committing adultery, when she has the status of a sota, it doesn't matter what the objective facts are. It matters that as this is a status that's been, now you are objectively forbidden by virtue of the fact that we don't know what happened. Okay? So that is the Chiddush of a Sota. She's Vare Asura. It's an Isra Say, interesting. But not, and even if she's innocent, she's Vare Asura until the matter gets cleared up. Okay? What? An Isra Say means that it's like, it's not like a Kiyum of Mitzvah Say, like Siddha the Sukkah. The Isra Say is like, um, what would be another good example of an Isra Say? Um, um, oh, well, okay. <laughs> Some people say, for example, I there's a bizarre example first one pops in my head um, uh, is human flesh usher to be eaten so it's never described as a behemat me'ah whatever right so it says no because the puzzle says kol behemat tahora tochelu so even though it's not a behemat me'ah it's also not a behemat tahora so you would violate the isra say of kol behemat tahora tochelu it's basically something you're not supposed to do but has not been made forbidden through a don't it's only been made forbidden implicitly through a do so here the do is do treat yourself as Tmeah. Okay, not to, don't sleep with your husband, but do treat yourself as Tmeah. Okay? Alright, so back to the Gemara. So, that he is forbidden by virtue of being a safek, even though we don't know for certainly. Now, from here you can learn out, and now we get to a principle that we said way at the beginning about the idea that from a sota you learn out general laws of tum'ah. It's very interesting what vinitma'ah. We take the word vinitma'ah, which has a very, you know, specific meaning here, which is 
forbidden to the husband, forbidden to the adulterer, all these types of things. And we apply it, because she's described as Tmeah, to normal halachas of Tum and Tahara. And about when do we treat a doubt by Tum and Tahara halachas as being a Vadai problem. You will remember, by the way, that there is one place where the Sota as classic Tum'ah is associated, besides here, which is, which is when it says, she would stand in Shar Nifnur, the same place the Zavin and the Mitzorayim would stand. And I think it says the Zavin. No, the Yoledas and the Mitzorayim would stand, which sort of casts her as classic Tum'ah. So here now we're doing that. Okay? Mikano Tadan with Sheretz. Umar Sota Shalo Asaba Shogei Kamezid. Here's again, Shogei, she's not, she is not a Sota by being Shogeg, so notice here the Shogeg again. Okay, and Rashi says, let's just look at Rashi about what Shogeg means. In Sota Lo Asa, three lines from the bottom, he says, asura. If she was not raped, she's forbidden. Now that's not exactly Shogeg, that's honest. But then it says, so Rashi says Shogeg is not that you think it's permissible to commit adultery but that you actually thought that that man was your husband and he thought that you were his wife okay so that's how Rashi explains the Shogeg case very important as we discuss what is the context of Shogeg anyway but by a Sota not every act of sex makes her forbidden to her husband okay you have to have some degree of intentionality or will Okay, so Ma'ashok shall also shogei kamezi, but oneth teratzon, and we did not make forced, we didn't treat a case of forced, of rape, like willing. And nevertheless, also but suffix vadai, the possibility that she might have done it is treated as if she definitely did it. Sheretz, by case of a rodent that falls on food, it doesn't matter whether it was shogeg or mazid or anus or ratzon, if it touched the food, it made the food usher, right? And in that case, um, if there's a doubt, and this is the principle of suffix tum yachid right? If there's a doubt, if Tuma touched something in a private domain, we treat it as definitely Tamei. And where do we learn it out from? From Sota, <coughs> because there's a doubt, it was private in the sense that it was, there was stira, and we treat her as Vadai Tmei'ah. Now, first of all, the first thing you might say is, I wouldn't have necessarily described going into seclusion with a man as Rashut HaYachid. There's a difference between Rashut HaYachid and seclusion. So that's a lot of these big puzzles that are figuring out all the parameters of suffix to Rashut HaYachid. One of them is that, yes, actually, the parameters of Rashut HaYachid by 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 suffix tuma b'shuda yachid might is not like sh- necessarily Shabbos definitions of b'shuda yachid. It might have a lot to do with the question of seclusion and private. Let's say, for example, it's three a.m. and it's in the middle of the street. Is that b'shuda yachid or is that b'shuda rabin for the laws of Sota? Right? Nobody's around. In a way, it's secluded, but it's not technically a b'shuda yachid. How do you define it? But that's what we learned from Sota is a suffix tuma in normal laws of tumatar b'shuda yachid sekotamei. Now the other before we go any further the other really important point Tosa says is what type of comparison is this? By a Sosa by, 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 by the case of a normal Tuma it's like maybe I touched the Sheretz maybe I didn't maybe the Sheretz fell on the food maybe it didn't so it's a simple 50-50 suffix but by a Sota we say that it's Raglayim Ladafa. She was warned. She defied the warning. She went into private. That's why we treat her as Tmeya. Not because it's a simple 50-50 suffix. So how do you make the comparison? So Tosa says, no, actually, 
Ragwine with Zavar Vasota just makes it 50 50. If a woman's thumb went into seclusion with a man, we would give people the benefit of the doubt. Right? We would say, you know, she has a Cheskas Kashras. We don't assume that anytime somebody, even though they're over on Yichud, we don't assume that everybody's always having sex all the time or whatever. So we wouldn't say that it's a 50 50 Safay. The Kinoi and the Stira just turns it into a 50 50. Fascinating, right? Because until this point, right, it, I think it wasn't clear. We had said Raglayim Lazavar. How much does that mean we actually, we assume it was likely that they actually did it? So take a look at this one line of Tosfos on the bottom of Kafkhadam and Aleph. It's interesting that Hatos Safek, because by, by the Sheretz, you're really in the Safek. No one really knows. Right. But in the other certain situation, somebody knows. Ah, so we're going to get to that in a minute. We're going to get to that issue. So hold on. But look at the last line of Tosfos on Kafkhadam and Aleph. Tosfos says like this. Um, um, where was it? Oh, no. I'm sorry. Right, right at the first wide line of that Tosfos. So he says, or like the last narrow line. That, that even with the warning and going in private, all it gets you to is a 50-50. So right below Kinoi, if it weren't with the warning, if you just Tom went into private with a man, just going into seclusion would not have even constituted a suffix. Below Besides, everybody has a cheskas kashras. People are not suspected. Oh my God, you went into private, you obviously had sex. Okay? So therefore, you need the Kinoi to just even qualify as a suffix. So we've assumed Raglaim Ludover means it's likely. Now, no, 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 it's not likely. It just makes it a possibility. Okay? So we can compare the Kinoi and the Steer of a Sota to a normal suffix of did I accidentally touch the Sheretz or not? Okay? Now, and the other thing we learn is Rashut HaYachid, as I said, question about the definition of Rashut HaYachid. Let's read a little bit more. You see? Now we can do the whole Amud Bet in three minutes. <laughs> and now, if we're learning Safek Tumah is Tamei, we're going to apply the parameters of the original case, of the case of a Sota to a case of Tumah. We only say Safek Tumah in a case of a Rishus HaYachid, not in a Rishus HaRabim, and then the whole question of how do you define Rishus HaYachid. And, number two, here goes Jonathan, Sota, is a case where there somebody in theory you could ask. You could ask her. Okay? Even by the Sheretz, so if there was nobody around, we would not say Suffolk Tumor Rishut Yahid. We only say Suffolk Tumor Rishut Yahid if there was somebody present. Okay? And by the way, let's say it was somebody that was an infant. That wouldn't constitute. It would have to be somebody present who in theory could be aware. So I have a whole theory about this. Why is the idea of Yeshua.Lishael relevant? Because my theory is that the reason we say a suffix sota is treated as a vadai is to force the matter to get resolved. Right? If we just said, oh, suffix, who knows? Oh, okay, whatever, nobody knows exactly, let's move on. But say, no, 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 no. We're going to make a problem until it's solved. Well, by saying this isn't going to be a problem, an objective problem until it's solved, that hopefully will 
pressure, you know, some information to come forward. Okay? So that's only a value if somebody might know what's going on. So she knows what's going on, right? And even by a tumor case, nope, it's Varayasar. And now, that might pressure somebody to say, wait, 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 I was there. Let me think exactly what happened. Okay? So that it's only Usser when there's somebody who's like a Yeshbo Datlishal. Tosus actually has an interesting case. Tosus discusses, let's say a woman was a Suffolk if she became a Nida and there were people around. Right? Would that be considered to be like a case of like Rishut HaRabim or not? So Tosus says, no, because the other people have no way of observing what happened to her status, about her status. So again, Tosus sort of points out that this question, oh, by the way, because part of the problem that, that it's Tahor and Rishut HaRabim, I, I didn't say the other part about this, why is it Tahor and Rishut HaRabim? Because in a way, if there are too many people around, it's not Omid Levarer, right? Ironically. But if there's just like two or three people there, let's say two people there, then like, you know, you were present, there was not, a, you know, you were, there was not like, a, you were not in the middle of Times Square. Like, you know, there's a possibility that you actually do know what happened. If it's something that happens in a big public arena, ironically, it's less likely you'll find out about what happened. So Tezos even says that the definition of Rashid Arabim also is not just other people were present, but about whether people are, you know, could be aware of what was happening or not. So let's just read one more line. If you could ask, and it was in a private domain, somebody was around that could ask, then it is Tahor. And in a public domain, it is Tahor. If there was nobody around to ask, Okay, and we will end with that.